Welcome to the Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on 740 The Fan. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Forest Hills Resort, Moorhead Parks, Wildflower Golf Course, and Austin's Golf. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Now, let's head to the first tee. This guy's pretty good. And here's your host, Jeff Kolpak. Well, I don't know if this guy is pretty good, but this guy is Jeff Kolpak. Welcome to the Golf Show on 740 The Fan. 107.3 FM, the website, 740thefan.com. The Golf Show is coming to you from the KRK Marine and Power Sports Studios. Later in the show, Jim Hackenberg, the orange whip guy. This guy comes up with new training techniques every year, it seems. And because we're having Jim on the show, and we might as well get to it now, we are going to give away an orange whip trainer. I have one. I've seen them around in so many golf shops and so many golf bags in the area. And you see them on the pro tours, too. So text orange. Text the word orange to 35270. And we will have a winner after today's show. That's text the word orange to 35270. And we look forward to talking to Jim later in the show. But first, speaking of Marine at Power Sports, what better to have somebody on from Lakes Country than Kate Smith from Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, who is coming off just a ordinary tournament. Well, let's call it the Big Ten Championships. She came from four shots back in a, in a great final round. Good morning, Kate. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Well, uh, yeah, you've been on, I think, every year since you were seven years old or something, but um, <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, let's start with the, the Big Ten. Why don't you lead us up to that final round, Kate, and how things were going and how the rally got going? Yeah, um, so this course, kind of Big Ten, goes in a couple-year contracts, and we had actually been at this course for four years, and uh, since my fourth year, I haven't had a lot of success there in the past, and um, I was hitting it really well this week. I, uh, shot even the first day, one under the second day and actually went down in the leaderboard after shooting one under cause the course was playing pretty easy, um, that second day. So I think I was in like eighth or ninth going into that last day. And, um, I mean, just kind of struck gold. So how did it start? How did the gold get going? Yeah. I mean, I felt, felt pretty comfortable on the practicalities and, um, birdie hole one and two uh which aren't aren't easy birdies whipped out on three hit it to like a foot on four and i think about then we were kind of off to the races um picked up birdie on seven um and then made the turn and the wind kind of started howling and uh picked up a birdie on 11 and just kind of kept going so it's pretty pretty steady round and a lot of fun Kate, do you look at the leaderboard during the course of the round? Were you looking at it when you started getting some birdies going, or how do you treat a final round like that? Yeah, I think it kind of depends on the player. Um, Coach kind of talked to us as a team about not looking at the leaderboard. There is one on nine green. Um, I, I didn't look. I followed the rules. Um, <laughs> yeah. I looked on I looked on 18 green uh, after I hit my second shot because I was putting for eagle, and I thought, well, I think I, I know what to do from here. And um, so I had, I think, a three-shot lead at that point or two-shot lead, and so felt pretty comfortable. To me, the competitor in you, that's got to be a little hard, isn't it? At least not peek at the board off nine, or, or am I overstating that? 
No, I mean, I, I'm usually, I usually look. I mean, I, I, it's not a uh, number one rule of sports psychology to know your, what, know where you're at, but um, I, I find it interesting to know where I am. So mm-hmm. that was kind of a first for me, and I just kind of knew that it probably wouldn't change what I was doing out there, that I'm just going to try to keep making birdies and, uh, you know, lower that score on that final day. Right. The course was TPC River Bend, Rivers Bend in Mainville, Ohio, and you said you haven't, you didn't play well coming in, and yet you go to the final round. There must have been something where you thought uh, you, you had to dig deep a little bit here. If it's a course you struggled with in the past, and then you, then you just blitz at the the final round. What do you think happened there? Yeah, I think there's a lot of factors at play. I mean, our our team hasn't made it to regionals maybe since the early 2000s. We were kind of on the bubble, and I knew that you know where you weren't going to have a chance to win or make it postseason even if I didn't have a good week so I really just wanted to go as low as I could that last day to see if we could you know make a run at the title as a team and I mean it's also my last Big Ten championship I I think I posted on uh, like Instagram that morning I Mm -hmm. said I want to leave it all out there and um, that was kind of my thoughts for the day and obviously it worked. University of Nebraska golfer Kate Smith is the guest this is the golf show on 740 the fan 107.3 FM and 740thefan.com is the website, the golf show presented by Michelob Ultra. Kate, you came back to Nebraska. You have that extra year. It was an extra COVID year. What went into that decision? Yeah, I mean, I was home um, in Minnesota for a couple months um, when I should have been playing kind of my final senior season. And uh, Nebraska was nice enough to fund those fifth years. And I, I didn't bat an eye. I felt like I had a great career, but also a lot of unfinished business, um, you know, at the college level. And I, I, at that moment, I definitely didn't see this coming. But, um, yeah, I, I knew I wanted to compete one more time as a Husker. And, um, you know, professional golf will be there at the end either way. Right. So I'm really happy I did it. Was there any second thoughts throughout the year? It's a long year. I mean, you're starting in August, late August, and then you have school. I'm sure. Did you add to your studies, uh, you know, and all those things? So was there? Yeah. Any, yeah. I mean, it was hard. I think it was hard for all of us in the fall. I think like only the SEC played in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, all of our other fall seasons got canceled. So I actually just kind of paid for my own tournaments individually and yeah, I mean, that was hard, but I don't think I ever second-guessed the decision. I mean, our just the staff at the university has always been so good to us, even through the pandemic, that, um, you know, I've I've been overjoyed with just having the extra year. How were you able to keep your game sharp, being that you didn't play competitively, right? I mean, you want to play competitively, but that's what, that's what gets you going. How were you able to keep your game in shape? Yeah, um, I think score always, like, motivates me, Uh, you know, playing courses around here in Lincoln and just trying to go low. And luckily there was a few events here and there that I could play in. I mean, I I spent two weeks in Indiana in the fall playing a couple events and Mm -hmm. staying with my coach's friend. And so just kind of really, like, grasping at straws to find some events. There was some men's tournaments that allowed women in in the fall. A lot of us played in those. so, yeah, it was looking back, it was an odd, odd time, but definitely I think it contributed to, like, the success our team and I are having now. What did you do with your academics? Did you get another major, another minor? What did you do there? I added a minor in uh, merchandising and textiles, and then I actually have two internships right now um, <laughs> for my graphic design. Okay. So, 
Yeah. Uh, Kate Smith is a guest from Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, University of Nebraska, Big Ten champion. We're calling her a champion now. The first ever from Nebraska. That has to feel, that has to sound pretty good to you, doesn't it? What's been the reaction from around Lincoln? Oh, my gosh. It's it's been insane. I mean, I'm so lucky because I have kind of the Fargo-Moorhead, Detroit Lakes area, and then also the Lincoln area just going crazy. So that's been great. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the athletic, athletic director, uh, I got to go to his office yesterday and meet him, and mm-hmm. he congratulated me. So all these things that I just I never pictured for myself. I, I just like playing golf and playing it well, and um, it was it's been surreal so far. Well, the first ever Big Ten champ, you may hear yourself being called in Hall of Fame. I don't know what kind of Hall of Fame Nebraska has, but <laughs> that's kind of the stuff that, that that things are made of with those awards. When you uh, are you to miss college? I I think I will. I mean, I think everybody does to some extent. I mean, I I'm glad I get to pursue my career after, but. I mean, I've loved being a Husker and being on the team and having coaches and like that whole experience is just really, uh, you know, you won't get that again. What I think you won't get again, Kate, and I've talked with Amy Olson about this on a few occasions after she left NDSU, is you're not going to have that team atmosphere anymore unless you get in some sort of uh, Ryder Cup format uh, situation. But the team aspect is now gone. You'll be on your own. And we're going to get into your professional career here in the next segment. But uh, that part of it, I think, have you realized that you're not going to probably get that anymore? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that's kind of been my focus this year is just like, what can I do with my teammates and for my teammates? Because, you know, when COVID hit, like I could still play golf and go out and practice. But um, as far as like hanging out with them and those team huddles and team practices, like, yeah, it's just, it's going by way too fast. And yeah, I'm sure like Amy, I'll miss it. And golf, golf is so individual, so it, it uh, it's nice to have kind of that camaraderie as well. Kate Smith is a guest. We're going to take a break. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show presented by Michelob Ultra on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. The show coming to you from KRK Marine and Power Sports Studios. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back. This is the Golf Show as presented by Michelob Ultra. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. Reminder, Jim Hackenberg coming up later in the show, the Orange Whip guy, and your chance to win an Orange Whip trainer. Text the word ORANGE to 35270, and you could be the winner, and we will ship one out to you. Kate Smith is a guest, Big Ten champion, Kate Smith. Kate, do you see those trainers around, around the area, around your career? Yeah, I think my teammate actually uses one. She she keeps one in the bag, so very familiar. What do you use for training aids, if you use any at all? Well, how do you? Is it just strictly? Uh, do you use you know simulators, or what do you do? Um. Yeah, I go back and forth. I think I use training aids primarily for putting. Uh, is where I would use um, things like the that. Um, I'm kind of a creative player as far as the long game, so. Um, but I've actually been doing a drill before every round with you stack three quarters on top of each other and you put uh, the quarters and you try to spread them out evenly. So that's, that's one drill I've been doing. It's been working so far. I, I'm trying to picture that. So three quarters stacked on it. And then what you, you try to hit it. 
Yeah, so the goal is that your your putter should hit the middle quarter off. Okay. It keeps your putter like close to the ground and keeps you like down in your putting. We have a like a tendency to lift our head up and kind of come out of the stroke. So mm-hmm. yeah, try it. <laughs> All right, everybody at home, try it or driving around in your car, try that. Not only is the Big Ten a highlight, but uh, that that was just part of your your spring here, the Augusta National Women's Amateur. You got an invite to that and to play down in Augusta at the Champions Course. Give us that experience. Yeah, just just amazing. I mean, uh, driving down Magnolia Lane a couple times that week and um, playing Augusta National, I had uh, had the early lead in the event and then ended up missing the cut. I was in the playoffs. Um, ended up still getting to play Augusta in a practice round, and then I ended up watching the field finish that final round. So it was a whirlwind week of a lot of ups and downs, and um, I was just happy to have the experience for sure. It was awesome. Do you know how many people play Augusta? <laughs> not very many. Yeah, not not very many. I'm uh, I'm glad I made the list. Tell me your impression of Amen Corner, which I've been to Augusta. And to me, it's the finest piece of real estate I've ever seen in America. And I'll take that over the Grand Canyon. I'm serious. But 11, 12, 13, what was that like? Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I was happy to make it out of there, um, making some pars. And uh, it's just gorgeous, too, and so well-designed. And, I mean, just just heaven for a golfer, for sure. I mean, once you, you kind of get over that hump on 11 and see that green, like okay, I've made it. So it was awesome. <laughs> Did you par those three? I went par, par, bogey. I bogeyed thirteen, so that was that was tough. But yeah. happens. <laughs> yeah, it happens. What you that part of the course is is relatively flat, but most other parts of the course, I think, are really the undulation comes into play. Were you struck like I was on the elevation changes of Augusta? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the walk didn't bother me, but some of the shots that you're forced to hit, um, like nine and 18, nine's a severe, like downhill, right lie. And 18's like a severe uphill lie. Mm -hmm. Um, that just uh, completely plays into like those shots into those holes. And so you realize, wow, like the shots that we've seen over the years are really good, like better than we think just because they're not never on an even line. Were the greens running as fast as, as, as advertised usually in, in the masters or how did they have them stimped? Uh, it was, it was, they were very fast. Yeah. Um, I think the undulation obviously adds to it. Um, mm-hmm. some of the members that were volunteering, they told us like, Oh, when you start seeing those purple marks, that's when like the course is ready for the masters. And I was like, Oh, okay. And well, you could see it that week. And then when you watch the masters on TV, you could see those greens were really drying out. So, um, it was cool to kind of be a part of that that couple weeks of getting ready for the Masters. All right, Kate, what's next? Where do you go from here? Yeah, so uh, I guess this afternoon um, or this week we're going to go to regionals mm-hmm. um, and then nationals, and hopefully we'll you know make a make a mark there. Um, I've got a U.S. Open qualifier in Minnesota, so hopefully qualify for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of just find that transition into professional golf. Um, might play some events down south, maybe a Texas Open or some of these WAPT events. Uh, luckily, my, my Big Ten win got me into a Symmetra event um, in Ohio, so that's pretty cool. And then go to Q School. So kind of finding my way and hoping to get some status on a tour by the end of the year. 
Are you ready for the grind? And I know I, I think I asked you this last year when you're contemplating turning pro that it's not uh, it's not all roses. I mean, you're, you're traveling and it's a business now. Are you ready for that? Uh, the next level of golf in that respect, mentally. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd be naive to say I'm ready to go, and I know exactly what I'm getting into. I mean, I don't I don't know what it's going to be like um, from what I've heard. I think I think I'm all by myself. I, I think I'll be okay. Um, I, I really love just the golf aspect of it. I've never been. Um, I don't rely on like the the pomp and circumstance and the tea gifts and the nice hotels. Like mm-hmm. I, I like the golf part, and so if I can keep competing, um, I think I'll be okay. And but I know I, I'm going to be patient with the process. I mean, a lot of people say it's like a three to four year process, just figuring it out and trying to get some status. I think I've said it before, but like Amy's made it look pretty easy um, to <laughs> yeah. us. <laughs> yep. She had her, her her struggles getting on tour as well, but like, I mean, she's a she's a household name now, and so I'm I'm lucky to have her to look up to. But um, hopefully, I'll, I'll be I'll see her out there. <laughs> what part of your game needs to get a little better to maybe go to the Symmetra Tour and beyond and get on the LPG Tour? Where, what part of your game do you need? You think has to just be a little bit better? Yeah, I think um, I think short game can always be better. I think that's probably where I've made the most strides this past year and a half is with putting and then also my mental game. So I think like those two things, um, just continue to get better. I think the mental side is going to be huge. I mean, um, you know, it's one thing to shoot the scores and then it's another thing to do them every single week. Uh, so that, that'll be what I'll be working on kind of that consistency piece and, um, just getting the short game down. I did a big story on Amy and her caddy and her support crew. I think it ran in February in inform.com that Amy changed her swing because in college, you know, she hit the ball low, but it didn't matter. She was always wedgie into green and, and, and short courses with the longer courses, of the LPGA, she had to switch her swing. So the ball would travel higher from longer distance. If you follow me, because, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that part, I mean, can you relate to that? Yeah, definitely. I think length um, in the last, I don't know, decade has been a huge conversation on every level. But um, from when I started college to now, I think like length is really important. Um, and most people think that's off the tee, but like she's exactly right. I mean, we're, and when the females are hitting five, six irons into the green, you need that club to land softly and stay on mm-hmm. the green. Yeah. Um, so like growing up, if you're hitting kind of a low draw or, anything that kind of has any forward spin. Um, it just doesn't work anymore once you're playing on firm, fast green. So I'm kind of lucky. I, I hit a bit of a cut. So mm-hmm. um, I uh, kind of works it to my advantage on the greens. But, um, yeah, that length is, like, always a factor and making sure, you know, the driver is good and um, those woods are working as they should. So, yeah, I, I understand that aspect for sure. Are you hitting it farther now in the last year or two? Are you working on the length? Yeah, I mean, I think we all had our kind of time maybe last summer of, oh, okay, got to get our club speed up. You know, mm-hmm. Bryson's doing it. Right. But I think um, I kind of learned. I mean, as long as I'm working out um, and then, like, working on contact, just hitting it more consistently, usually the length comes. So, yeah, I, I am longer than I have been, um, so that, that helps. And, um 
yeah, I've been happy with my game so far. That's interesting you brought up Bryson DeChambeau. So his ability to hit it a country mile is really filtered down to the to the women's game too. Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. I think everybody's thinking about it. Um, just I think we kind of see now that maybe it wasn't the best thing all the time, but um, just like more making a more athletic move, uh, working out a lot, like what does nutrition look like in golf? I mm-hmm. mean, all those conversations are kind of, if we want to be the best, you kind of think about, okay, do I need to be doing that? Do I need to be thinking about that? So I, I think people people think about it. How do you get away from the course? And I'm, I'm, I'm specifically looking ahead to this summer, this fall, when you're going to be out there playing, but – you know, there's downtime too. Do you, do you take out your graphic design? What do you do to maybe get away from golf for a little bit? Yeah, I mean, the graphic designs um, helped a lot. Uh, I've been kind of redesigning some logos and um, doing some work for people. So that's that's always been a, a bit of an escape for me. Um, I also, like, I enjoyed teaching junior clinics in the summer. And, it's, yeah, it's not away from golf, but it's at least not thinking about my own game. So mm-hmm. um, those are kind of my two escapes for now. So, Kate, congratulations on the Big Ten Championship Trophy. Best of luck this spring and summer. Professional career. Obviously, we're all looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, keep hitting them straight. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I always enjoy having Kate Smith on the show. This is Jeff Kopak. This is The Golf Show. It's presented by Michelob Ultra on 107.3 FM and 740 The Fan. When we come back, Jim Hackenberg, the Orange Whip inventor, he's from Grand Forks. His project is nationwide. Always fun to talk to Jim. We'll connect with him right after this. Welcome back. This is the Golf Show with Jeff Kopak, as presented by Michelob Ultra. 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM, and the website 740thefan.com, the golf show Coming to you from the K&K Marine and Power Sports Studios. Thanks again for Kate Smith for joining us in the first part of the show. Phenomenal golfer, Kate, and she has a big future in her. And if she's smart, she'll be using the uh, the orange whip down the line. And uh, I think that's what uh, that's it's it's the next line in 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 golf aids. And on that note, so pleased to have back to the show Jim Hackenberg, the the originator, the innovator of the Orange Whip. The, it's the, the website is orangewhiptrainer.com. Good morning, Jim. How are you? I'm wonderful, Jeff. Thank you. Well, thanks again for coming back. Graduate of Fargo or Grand Forks Central. Um, you're from the area, but you're all, you're all over the world now with uh, the Orange Whip. What's the latest? Because you're one of these guys that something's always brewing in your mind, and I just can't wait to hear what's next. So what's next? Well, what's been interesting is, like you said, we're, we're all over and we're uh, we're continuing to grow. But what we've done is we've just really tried to encompass the whole game. Like I started with the Orange Trip Trainer to help mm-hmm. people with their golf swing so they could hit it further, straighter. But then we wanted to work on the short games. We got into the wedge and then the putter to really help around the green, teaming up with Stan Utley to get some of his great ideas into the short game. And then we've uh, we've gone now on to golf and fitness. We're working with a PGA professional named Brian Newman. Mm-hmm. And Brian has taken our orange whip products and the orange peel, and we've created what's called the power peel. And it gives you a lot of different variations on the movement of the body and how to become more efficient, more mm-hmm. powerful, and more athletic. So we've really tried to round out the whole situation from a full game, even to the fitness, flexibility, just to you know, lengthen one's ability to play the game and have right. more fun while doing it. So 
it's all stuff you can do anywhere, anytime. Be be middle of the winter in North Dakota, you can still be working on your game. That's what we're most proud of. Oh, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a little pandemic story here with the Forum newspaper. We have a lot, most people have been working from home in the last year. And uh, I've been in the office, one of the very few. So I have my, I have the uh, the orange whip putter and I've created my own little nine hole golf course in the newsroom with garbage cans as, as, as cups. And I've been using, I've been using the putter all winter. I mean, it's a, it's a great training aid and we'll see if it pays off this summer, but I think it will. And you know, so let's start the short game, Jim. You talk about Stan Utley. What did Stan Utley present to you? So I had learned the short game the old-fashioned way where you put the hands way the handle and the hands way ahead of the club head. You move the ball back, and you make sure you make ball impact first. Well, the problem is is you, you, you lose the bounce of the golf club, of the wedge. Mm-hmm. And it, it was designed to skim or skid across the ground. If you lean your hands that far forward, you create a sharp leading edge. And that creates the chunk or the blade. And I was a king at both of those. So Stan basically taught me how to use a wedge properly by allowing the club head to swing and not drag the handle. So what I had developed with the full swing with the orange whip was to learn to swing the head and not drag the handle to try to guide the ball, but just to let the club head fly through with speed toward a target. Mm -hmm. Same thing goes with chipping, wedge shots, and putts. So Stan basically explained to me how to utilize the idea I had for the full swing and then parallel it and use it in the short game. So we came up with the wedge and the putter mm-hmm. to really develop those same skills on a smaller scale. Yep. And it's been great. It's really, ch- I mean, I'm still could use some improvement on my short game, but I'm not afraid of it anymore. I mean, I could miss a green and still have an opportunity now where in the old days, if I could just get a, if I missed a green, I could, I'd take a bogey and run to the yeah. next tee if I could. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm past that phase now. Yeah, and you're and you're a professional. Let's put it that way too. What about the amateur, the yep. high handicapper? How does how does some of your products benefit them? Because I know we've seen the the orange whip trainer, we've seen uh, the orange ball, if you will, in in the bags of professional golfers. But what about somebody walking around there with a twenty five handicap? So when you watch. Like a 25 handicap, they're very tense, they're very tight, they're very, they don't really know what's about to happen. So they think just muscling it will help the situation. Well, that causes the slice. It also leads to shorter distance shots. Mm -hmm. And when you watch the professionals, they look graceful and balanced and athletic. It's because they're relaxed and they're flowing. They have a flowing rhythmic motion that's in balance. That's what all the orange products train and teach a person to feel is that flowing rhythmic motion to create power and improve their tempo. So we've done that. And I did, I designed the orange whip products for the bad golf. And that was my number one okay. goal. Yeah. What was beautiful was that the best players were the ones who immediately understood the benefit to it. So we've actually, we started out by selling more product to the better players. And eventually now the, the higher handicappers are catching on it. Hey, this might be a nice pathway to an improved golf right. swing, golf game. And, and even their body feeling better after a round because a lot of people can hurt themselves golfing by being too tense and too forceful and doing it in a way that could lead to back and or neck problems. So we've really, we've really done a nice thing. We feel towards the the higher handicappers. We just have to have them understand that that's, that's our mission is always sharing as much information to get them to understand that how this could benefit them. Well, orange whip golf has been very, giving and allow us to give away a orange orange whip trainer during the show and we've been saying it before and we'll say it again just text the word orange to 35270 that's text the word orange 
to 35270, and you'll be in the drawing for one of those trainers, which I have one. I also have the Lightspeed. And uh, I, I, you know what, Jim? Uh, first of all, thanks for the donation and, and on the giveaway. And two, I like it just off the bat to warm up. I mean, I'm 57 years old, and I just can't roll out of bed and go to the first tee anymore. Well, that's exactly right, and that's that's probably the majority reason people use our products is to warm up prior to playing. But it's a wonderful warm up tool because it's a little heavier than your golf club, and it's flexible, so it's low impact, mm-hmm. and you can just slowly, gradually build up that swing in the parking lot, or on the first tee, or near the range, and it'll just be a great warm up. We actually have wonderful footage from last year's PGA Championship uh-huh. showing Phil Mickelson wearing his mask, swinging his orange whip in the parking lot, and it was uh, <laughs> very fun to see because that's how we uh, we we, we promote it. Like, hey. Do this before you do anything else, and you'll, and you'll find that rhythm faster. Well, you have one of the most creative websites out there. OrangeWhipGolf.com is the website, and check it out. There's a lot of products. I just want to go, I mean, it started with the Orange Whip one. Let's take listeners through the story, because not everybody knows it, obviously. I think it's from the movie Blues Brothers, and I'll let you take it from there, because I think it's it's kind of a cool how you just got the got the name going anyway. Yep, Absolutely. I knew I would have a, a ball on the end of a flexible shaft for this device. And I knew I was, should probably have a vibrant color on it. It mm-hmm. could have been lime green. It could have been yellow. It could be orange. But I, didn't, I just didn't know which way I wanted to go with it. And then I was watching the Blues Brothers one night. And in this very late in the movie, John Candy is about to arrest the Blues Brothers. Yep. And they're sitting down in this bar where they're going about to play. And the... the server comes over and says, can I get you guys a drink? And he points to the one police officer and he says, orange whip, points to the other <laughs> orange whip, three orange whips. Yep. And I, I thought about that for a second. I go, wait a second. I love the color orange. The motion is a whipping motion. Mm-hmm. It's a whipping of power. I go, that's the most perfect name. Yeah. So from that instant, I knew it was the name and uh, I discarded all the rest and went right towards the orange whip uh, name and, and, and trademark. You went, yeah, from that movie literally to a worldwide company and business. The pandemic was, I think, a threat to a lot of people in the golf industry. At least we thought it was about this time last year. I think it turned out anything but. What's your opinion of how you guys came through a pandemic? And I guess we're still in it, but how, how did it treat you? So March, when it did kick in, and then April, we had a lot of our accounts say, we don't know what's going to happen to golf. We're going to hold back on our order. And a lot of our basically green grass operations slowed down. But you know what we found out was our online sales started to grow. Mm-hmm. And then when golf kicked back in in April and May, all these green grass operations said, hey, we got a lot of people golfing. We want products that so we brought it in. So we went from being very scared in March and April to June, can we keep up? And then July, can we keep up? Because wow. all of our parts are still made in the USA, mm-hmm. and we uh, we still manufacture hand hand make these orange whips here in Easily, South Carolina, and we just continue to grow. And it, it's amazing. I mean, we every year we grew, but this last year explosion. So hmm. we've done very well to to keep up with it, and I'm very proud that we we've manufactured all of our parts here in the u.s because i have friends in the golf industry mm-hmm. who get some of their products from from overseas accounts and they've had a real struggle to get their parts and their products where we've been just moving right along so it's it's been a tremendous benefit for us i think for all of golf all my friends who are golf professionals i've chatted with them 
And every one of the courses I know of is up 30% in rounds or more. And we've got kids coming back to play, which is great because that gets us going for another generation. Right. And we've just, it's, the growth has been tremendous. So I, I think in the future, when everybody looks back, the best thing that ever happened to golf will be this pandemic. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It's just crazy how, how, how that has turned out. Jim Hackenberg is the innovator of the Orange Whip uh, products, I guess. It was originally the trainer. Available locally at the Fargo Country Club, at Village Green Golf Course in Moorhead, at Osted's Golf in Fargo, and of course at Shields All Sports in Fargo. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more with Jim and all the stuff he has going on. Stay with us. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back. This is final segment of the golf show as presented by Michelob Ultra. On 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM, Jim Hackenberg is the guest, the innovator, originator, owner of Orange Whip Golf Products. OrangeWhipGolf.com is the website. If you want to win a Orange Whip trainer, text the word ORANGE to 35270, 35270, and you'll be eligible for the drawing after the show. Jim, uh, you're... I mean, the products have been, in, we've seen them on TV. Uh, the presence is out there with uh, with the PGA and LPGA Tours. Where are you at with that? We've had a great following on the tour. It was it's, it's very fun because we had many players use it to warm up and do it in their practice sessions, but they didn't always carry it in the bag. And we, always, we had a few, like Retief Goosen used to carry it quite a bit, and mm-hmm. Graham McDowell used to carry it, but we weren't compensating them and they weren't looking to be compensated. They just would leave it in like you leave an alignment rod in your bag. Yeah. Um, but we, uh, we, we started a program because when I caddied on the PGA tour for Patrick Moore, a Minot native, when I caddied for Patrick, I used to wear a nature Valley granola bar hat and I would get paid $50 a day to <laughs> wear this hat. So, and you know, if you make the cut, you get, you know, an additional hundred for the weekend. So like, yeah. Hey, this is good food money. And so, <laughs> What we did is we offered a similar program to the caddies of the players that like the Orange Whip. And currently, we, any week on the PGA Tour, we'll have from eight to almost 20 players carrying an Orange Whip. And they can't use it during the round, but they can carry it in the bag. And it sticks out like a sore thumb, oh, yeah, so it's yeah. very noticeable on TV. And since we started this program a couple of years ago, we've had 16 wins on the tours. And it's been tremendous, uh, you know, just to see, because if the guy's leading the tournament, he's going to be on TV quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And you see that image of that orange whip. So we've been very proud of that. We did our most recent was uh, Joel Damon won in Mayakoma uh, a few weeks back, yeah. but we've Harris English won the tour championship or the tournament of champions at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Austin Ernst, she's a player on the LPGA tour. She's been carrying the whip for probably about almost a year now. She's won twice in that window frame. And she's a top 15 player in the world. And and the unique thing with her is that her father is a good friend of mine. He's the golf pro at at a club here locally, here in the Greenville, South Carolina area. So it's been fun to get to know her and uh, and the rest of their family and the support they've had for her game. So, yeah, we've got quite a following. Even even on the Champions Tour, we got a few players. We've got Rocco Mediate carrying it Mm -hmm. and Woody Austin. And uh, I believe one other, I'm blanking on who it is, but we've got we've got some players out there carrying it, and it's a lot of fun for me to see on TV because I spot it right away, and I, <laughs> I try to pause the TV, take a picture, and yeah, and then put it on our social media the next day. How is social media doing? Do you, have you found a, a pretty good network out there? Well, yeah, I mean, we, we certainly do all, all the, the the Facebook and the Instagram and the Twitter. 
Hey, I mean, I think we have a pretty fair following. I don't think it, it, it's amazing mm-hmm. by any sorts. You know what I've been doing lately, which I've enjoyed? I've actually been making TikTok videos because I've always appreciated music and I've always had ideas that coincided with the song and with how I'd want to promote a certain idea about one of our Orange Whip products. Well, mm-hmm. copyright laws wouldn't allow for me to do that in the past, but for some some reason, TikTok, you can do it. <laughs> and I've been I've been doing a lot of that. So I'm, I'm getting more involved with TikTok because it allows me to creatively come up with some ways to share some of the benefits through mm-hmm. a fun medium of visual and audio types of uh, concepts. So yeah, we're using as much of that as possible. And it's, that's kind of the way of the world these days. People get a lot of their information through social media. Yeah. We're trying to join in with that, at that aspect. Jim Hackenberg of Orange Whip Golf is the guest of the golf show, Jeff Kopak. Jim, the, I look at your products and you start off the whip and the light speed trainer, which I think has won an award. Has it not? Uh, your, your light speed. I know I golf digest yeah. really liked it. Exactly. Yeah, golf digest gave it best new product. I believe of 2020 when it uh, came out of last year. And uh, yeah, that's been a fun one because the orange whip trainer, the original it's heavy. It's the orange ball on the end is about 10 and a half ounces. Mm-hmm. And because of all that weight, you really have to let everything synchronize. So you feel athletic in rhythm and in balance, but to get more speed, you've got to swing something lighter. So the, what we related to is almost like, so we created this orange whip light speed Everything is the same except the orange ball goes from 10 and a half ounces to three ounces. Mm-hmm. So tremendously lighter. And when you swing that, because it's counterbalanced and because it flexes, you still feel it load properly. So you find the most efficient, powerful load. Mm-hmm. But because it's so light, you can unload it with as much speed as possible. And what we try to promote is the idea of warm up with your orange trip trainer. And then when you're loose and in, in synchronization, then go to your light speed and do some of our speed drills. And these speed drills really start to ramp you up to the higher velocity motion that's powerful and athletic. Well, probably the simplest way to look at that is if you were to run up a hill, run up a hill, it's going to train your body to find its power running uphill. Mm-hmm. But if you want to learn to run fast, run downhill and fly. So the light speed is like flying downhill running. So it's there, it's a good combo. We even have an offer where you can get the the distance duo, and it's yep. it's an orange drip trainer and a light speed together, and you just train with them yep. together. There's a, there's a couple things I want to address with you before uh, we close this segment. Uh, the first is the orange whip putter blade. And it looks like you've made some adjustments to that over the years. Am, am, am I right on that? Yes, correct. Yep. What what have you done? Yeah, uh, we've always we've always tried to make it. Uh, it always has the, the counterbalance and the flexible shaft, but the unique aspect of the putter is it has a round face. It's a perfect radius, a 10-inch radius, and I've got the equator of that radius hitting the equator of the golf ball. So it makes a perfect roll when you connect, but you have to hit dead center. So when you train with the orange putter, your objective is to make dead center contact, almost like you're playing pool. If the putter face sure. is like the cue ball yeah. and your, your golf ball is the impact ball and pool, if you dead, dead center it and it's going the direction of the momentum, it has to roll that way. Mm-hmm. So the difference we made was we used to have a unique design with a bigger aluminum head that you you could adjust to make it right or left-handed. Yeah, We've now transitioned into a steel head that's dual-sided, so it's like an old-school bullseye putter, mm-hmm. and you can use it right or left-handed without having to adjust it. So it's a much easier, more efficient version of the same concept. Yep. But we're very proud of that putter head, and actually the putter I compete with is that putter head with a steel shaft in it. I use a round-faced putter when I play. You do? Okay. 
Yeah, and I've done. I've done. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm the greatest putter in, in the world, but I'm better with that than I am certainly a, a flat face <laughs> with putter. a with an eight hundred dollar Cameron or something like that. Exactly. <laughs> I tease people when they tease me. I tease them back. Said, "Hey, there was a time where people used to believe in a flat Earth. Yeah. We know it's around now." So. <laughs> uh, speaking of transition, you've also transitioned into the fitness p- part of the industry, and. Um, you know, we've seen it with uh, you know some of the real strong guys on tour, the Bryson DeChambeau's, and and people have transformed their bodies in the weight room. But uh, I think there's a flexibility element too to golfers that you can't overlook. And I'm guessing this is what addresses uh, uh, with your product is with the fitness part is is just overall health, correct? Very much because there's a way to utilize your body to create speed and do it in a healthy manner, and that's what we're trying to do with Orange Whip Golf and Fitness is sets of drills and exercises that you can do with our orange whip power peel and the, the light speed and just all the, uh, the, uh, the things that go with this program to allow a person to become you know, much more athletic from with what they have to work with. Uh, so you're right. I mean, there's, I don't know many people who are going to put on 40 pounds like Bryson DeChambeau yeah. <laughs> or, or do certain things like that. And that kind of 40. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> So uh, we, we've tried to make it something that people can do to maximize what they have. And that's what we're most proud of is these are simple, fun ways to maximize what you have and get the most out of your game. Has the, uh, has that re- evolved a little bit? I mean, uh, who, who have you, you're good at golf clubs and golf trainers. Who have you talked, who have you talked to for expertise in the fitness industry, or maybe you are a fitness guru. I'm not a fitness guru, but Brian Newman, who's a PGA member, he's very unique in that he was a PGA professional. He was a director of golf at a very nice club in in North Carolina, Mm -hmm. and I knew him from our Carolina's PGA section. But he also was their director of fitness, and I've never heard of a director of golf and a director of fitness. So we got to talking, and I got to learn a bit about him. What he did, he became a CrossFit guy, and he would go to these CrossFit gyms and learn all about that. Mm -hmm. And then he would go to... TPI and learn all about their fitness. And then all of these other fitness programs, he just almost got addicted to it. But because he was a golfer and a, and a golf instructor, he took what he learned fitness and applied it to golf. And then he created a program out of that. So he's just like most people in the world who, who, who accomplished something, he just had a passion and he, he took these ideas and continued to grow. So he created this whole program and routine that's, that's, not even, you know, it's, it's, it's a continuation. It's yep. something he's always continuing to develop with, uh, with what we have product-wise to develop skills for golfers. So it was really his passion for fitness coupled with his interest in golf instruction. So quickly, Jim, do you have something brewing in your mind? I, I always ask you, uh, you don't have to say, but uh, is there something next summer we'll see? I do, and it, yep. it may or may not be under the Orange Whip umbrella, uh-huh. but I'll, I'll give you this hint. It's, 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 you know how pickleball has taken over? Oh, yeah. Tennis? Oh, yeah. Mind of mind of and I've worked on this for years. Oh, so interesting! Closer than I've ever been. Yeah, I'm closer than I've ever been, and it's it's just a it's a pickleball for golf. Is a- what I would. Amy uh, Olson would will be very interested in that. She's a huge pickleball yeah. player. So, Jim, <laughs> yeah, um, I saw that in the LPGA. Appreciate the time as always. Again, text the word orange to three five two seven zero, and we will pick a winner to the uh, the Orange Whip uh, trainer. Appreciate the time, Jim, as always. Thank you, Jeff. I uh, enjoyed Thanks. it. Thank you. Thanks. That's Jim Hackenberg, the owner of Orange Whip Golf and the innovator of Orange Whip Golf. This is Jeff Kopak. 
That'll do it for another episode of The Golf Show. It was presented by Michelob Ultra. Again, thanks to Kate Smith and thanks to Jim Hackenberg. Until next week, hit them straight. Thanks for listening to The Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Forest Hills, Moorhead Parks, Wildflower Golf Course, and Austeds Golf. Join us next Saturday from 10 to 11 a.m. for another edition of The Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on The Fan.